The comments within the following podcast are those of any show hosts and not representative of any company in which the show hosts may represent. Welcome to podcast number 324. My name is Jared Reimer, and I hope that you are going to enjoy the podcast as much as I have bringing it to you. Remember that you can leave your comments on the blog. You can also leave your comments by voice. And you can also communicate with me in other ways. So let's talk about what's going to be on this particular podcast. I finished reading the book Scam Me If You Can by Frank Abagnale. I talk about what I've learned and what seems to be holding true in my experiences when I read a particular chapter of this book in regards to romance scams and what it says and what I've experienced. Of course the book doesn't just talk about that and I talk about also what it does cover. Scott Schober released a brand new book and will be available on Kindle on October 1st 2019. And it's also available now on Amazon as a book purchase. I talk about this particular book and how excited I am to read it. A couple of interesting articles and how I've tied them together. One tech-related, one not. The articles are, Are your kids being safe on social media? A school district is teaching the do's and don'ts of social media. And finally, the non-tech-related and how it could have been a tech-related article Eight-year-old Texas boy suffers brain injury after attack by bullies. I talk about these two articles and how this could have been a big-time problem as he could have ended up having that injury anyway because of how tiring it is to try and fight for what's true and what's not as people do things to you online. Of course, my contact information is available at the end. I hope that you enjoy the program as much as I have bringing it together for you, and I'll be back on another edition of the podcast very soon. Thank you so much for listening, and make it a great day. I was using Jennifer as a guinea pig to demonstrate how to block people on Hangouts. And 
the reason why I blocked Julia and there have been several others is because several people have said if you want me to come down there I need this and you can fill in what this is i.e. iTunes gift card or a hundred bucks or a bank account all of that type of thing and what was funny was number one I had sent money to somebody but yet I had already met them and I did it with somebody that I didn't necessarily know too well only over the phone and I swore never to do it again and I haven't not in that amount hey can I borrow 20 bucks so I can get home okay if I have it I'll let you borrow it and at some point I'll get paid and that's okay too but what was funny about these types of stories was me reading scam me if you can and I talk about it in two different blog posts the one that I'll be linking to from this show notes on this podcast and another one which I think I actually link to as other reading where I talk about Frank Abagnale's other books you're probably thinking are you going to do a book review or are you doing tech well I'm kind of doing both at this very moment you see the book covers other aspects of scams and how to protect yourself and Frank even goes into detail on how to protect yourself from people like him you know in earlier books that he's written he talks about his story in fact Braille Institute my local library here in Los Angeles got me into Catch Me If You Can which was Frank's ordeal of running from the law Kevin Mitnick was part of that and I'm sure there are plenty of other authors and people who have been in trouble with the law for one reason or another I really like the tech types because you find out later that they are involved in the tech field or in the teaching field like Frank Frank wants to teach people how to protect themselves from people like him and how the landscape has changed today which is what scam me if you can does I honestly thought that was well represented and I started laughing when the book said if people start asking you for money iTunes gift cards or so forth it could be legit but they could also be using it to buy more time on these dating sites and as a treat I gave myself $25 I went in into iTunes and, and gave myself $25 and yes I bought a game and I uh, a, a subscription a one-month subscription uh, I went ahead and canceled it because it's a monthly subscription but a subscription nonetheless so I could play some games and I also uh, had a subscription of my own to renew anyway so it went toward that too and I had a little bit of money left and 
It's all well and good. I think I bought something else with it too. But I don't make it a habit of it. And I treat it myself. But if I know somebody let's say, you know, I want to buy this person this. Then I did something nice. But the book mentions that a lot of these scammers, and even one of them I was able to sniff out because they said, you know, I'm in the military. And, you know, I need you to do this for me because, you know, I'm not supposed to be talking to people. And I sort of said, if you're not supposed to be talking to people, then why are you doing it? And they asked me to open a bank account. And I said, no, I can't do that. I cannot open bank accounts for people. Number one, I don't know how to open a bank account. I've never been taught. And I'm telling the honest truth. But the book talked about this. If people are asking you to do something because they're in the military and this, that, and the other, you should be a little skeptical. And another thing some of the people that recently contacted me asking me for dates this book says if they insist on not calling you and that they want to be text only you should be skeptical I and I told one person this is a text relationship I do not do text relationships You can't rely on text to know, you know, if somebody's legitimate or not. You know, you get a bunch of email in your business. Oh, I need help with this. Oh, I need help with that. You know, and other aspects. That's all well and good. But if you want to date, I think you need to talk to people either on the phone, you know, through an app like Hangouts or FaceTime or WhatsApp or whatever the platform you choose. But voice communication is the key. And these people didn't want to do it. And one of them actually started right away with baby, honey, you know what to do if you want to call. I, you're the one that started with me. So, if you're interested, you call me. You know, I've dealt with people who, you know, call me whenever they want something. There was somebody who doesn't call me most of the time somebody who says they want me but yet I don't know but this book itself covers all types of schemes besides the ones I'm talking about here you know it's funny I was reading how Frank's saying don't use checks unless you absolutely have to but yet he wrote phony checks for two and a half million dollars and this was done in the 60s and I could go on about this book I mean it was absolutely interesting to say the least And uh, I think it should be a teaching tool. It honestly should be a teaching tool. And so, 
Frank Abagnale, A-B-A-G-N-A-L-E. You know, he's 70 years old. And he's still teaching. And that's what I love. He definitely turned his life around. The books he has written are awesome. You can get every single one of them through Bookshare if you're in the States. They're on Amazon. They are uh, also on Bard. Two out of the four are anyway. If you search his name, you'll find them. They may be available through interlibrary loan. If you're listening to this outside of the United States and you don't have access, you can get at least two of the four. Each one tells a different story. And I definitely enjoyed Scam Me if you can because he wants to put you to the test. And this is 2019 going into 2020 and I bet you that there are people out there who are still gonna be gullible to these types of things and I could smell it. I'm like you know what you want a relationship with me call me up right send me an email you know uh, I don't give out money unless I know somebody and if you tell me that you can relocate that that tells me you've got money why are you asking me for a bank account you've got money you could you could tell folks you should honestly be able to tell and I'm not gonna tell you how to run your life I'm not going to tell you how to run your technology either. But technology has definitely changed. But the scams are the same. They're just taking on new meaning. Now if you've read any of these books, and it's not just tech. You know, this is old-fashioned, walk into a bank, write a check for this amount and change some things on it you know old school tech pen and paper it starts with but now you can do everything online and he talks about it through his various books thoughts to write a book and it will be out on October 1st I've pre-ordered it on Kindle I had a little bit of difficulty doing it but I got it done it's going to be a $10 purchase and it picks up where hacked again left off it's called cybersecurity everybody's business Solving the security puzzle for your small business and home. And uh, it's going to pick up where the other one left off. I was left in awe in regards to Hacked Again because Hacked Again left out a lot of stuff the paperback version is going to be $29.99 I believe the price was and I put in the blog post that I'm going to link to which includes the link on Amazon 
I have no idea if this is going to be available on Bookshare. And Bard, for the, those who are in the United States, does not have any of these books. In the blog post that I will be linking to, the link to Amazon is given. My question is, how many of you have read the book Hacked Again? And what did you think of it? I think I read the same that book, the same book, on Amazon too. It was not available elsewhere. Scott Schobert is dedicating his life to educating people. He also has a YouTube channel. And I believe I'm on it. He publishes news items where he is a speaker in the cybersecurity race. He's got his own company as well. He even offered through the retweet to send an advanced copy of the book to me, but since I am disabled, the electronic copy is better for me. And so I'll wait. I already finished the other book I talked about in my prior section and all of those books. And right now I'm in one of those cybersecurity moods, wanting to talk about what the books have to offer and how we can better understand how to protect ourselves. He made some mistakes, and by writing the books and sharing his knowledge, he hopes that readers such as myself and maybe you will find it of value. I am a small business, so it's very important for me, even since my focus of my small business is changing from mainly web hosting and, and web design to soon braille transcription. At least that's my hope. According to this, there are 30 million small businesses operating in the United States alone. Some of them are singly operated, such as myself, while other employ other employees. I do have people helping me in certain capacities, but the majority of the work is my own. This book is for any of these small business or anyone in general, according to the description, to stay safe from phishing, ransomware, and other types of threats. It doesn't matter if you're small, medium, or large. We've seen time and time again all kinds of businesses being hacked as of late. Articles indicate that we are not out of the woods yet and we're only in September as I record this and we'll be approaching October by the time this gets released. I don't know exactly the date this podcast will get released. But suffice it to say that we are approaching October and we have surpassed the breach count of how many pieces of data has been taken. They examine together a multitude of information that affects all of us in the cybersecurity world, including, but not limited to, the following items. Cyber insurance. I talked about a long time ago a company called Cyber Policy. I heard about them through the National Basketball Association's basketball game, the Portland Trail Blazers, 
has them as their sponsor. I looked at the website and it was quite interesting. And Cyber Policy isn't the only company out there. So I'd be interested to definitely hear what Scott and his brother have to say about this. Internet of Things, otherwise known as IOT. Some screen readers say EOT, but it's actually IOT. State-sponsored hacking and spying. We know that Russia's involved. How much? We don't know. I recently published an article about China and cybersecurity on this blog. And I want to actually talk about it because I find that absolutely funny. These are the same guys in China that have the Great Wall. I'm not going to get into a whole lot. Just suffice it to say that China wants to get into the cybersecurity industry for their citizens. I'll talk about more on that article later. Card skimmers and identity theft. Brian Krebs has an all things skimmers section on his blog alone. We can sit and talk about those forever. Those may be in gas stations and other unintended areas. As people with disabilities, we may not be too much aware of those, but it's good to read up on these things and have an understanding so we can teach our sighted companions about these types of dangers. Social engineering. Time and time again, we've talked about various types of social engineering and different types of suspects aloft, including our very own Matthew Wiegman, who is in the blind community, got arrested when he turned 18, served a big sentence for those crimes, and recently got out of jail. My goal here isn't to make a big deal about it, but to point out the fact that it honestly doesn't matter who is involved in this ordeal. If you are caught, you are going to pay the prime, and Matthew definitely paid. Ransomware. The blind community I'm not too familiar with has ever been in a ransomware situation. I know at one point when About was out, we talked about on Podcast 3 my sending a file over to the antivirus person at that time for About, who then was able to get signatures out. I never ran the file, but it made the computer useless. It wasn't ransomware at the time, it just was annoying. It was more of a virus than anything. But I believe ransomware is going to be the big target, and as far as I'm aware, I have not heard any complaints or any reports of people in the blind community specifically getting targeted with ransomware. Phishing attacks, same ordeal. I'm sure that We've seen them, especially from places where blind people get email. PayPal is one big target. Apple is another. We get emails such as, your Apple ID is going to expire in the next 24 hours unless you verify your information. So click on this link. I did it once just to fool with them. It asked for name address, phone number, bank account, password, the whole bit. Of course your Apple account doesn't have your bank account. You give them your credit card or PayPal. It was definitely phishing and I actually gave them an address that doesn't even exist anymore. I wonder if they had a lot of fun. My goal was never to log in. My goal was to just give them a hard time. Vital password creation. It is important for us to give our passwords a good hygiene check. 
I need to continue to work on it, and I am no different. In certain circumstances, I do use the same password because I don't want to have passwords all over the place. But it is the best practice today, and I must change that habit. I am no different than anybody else. One thing that is discussed in this book is robocalls. I've gotten some from Hilton saying that I won a cruise or I won this. The recent one that came across my desk was an 818 number. It has been said not to even push the button to take you off the do not call list because they'll just keep calling. As of late, knock on glass or wood, I haven't gotten one since. Cryptocurrency. Somebody asked me recently who followed me on Twitter whether or not I'm in the cryptocurrency world. I am not, and my understanding that it's not possible for someone like you and I to do it nowadays because you really need a fast computer or at least a server to do it. We should have done it many years ago when Steve first talked about it way back when. Sadly, Steve and Leo both lost the money that they could have earned, but just to know that they were able to do it back then was good enough. The final thing that's talked about is virtual private networks, otherwise known as VPNs. Michael in Indiana has tried a few VPNs, but he doesn't want to pay for it, and I understand. But the free VPNs may sell your information, according to what I've heard. I've not used a VPN, so I'm not exactly sure how they work, but each of them have a free trial that you can take advantage of. They tell, they tell you about the details of the latest cyber breaches that made headlines and continue to affect small business and consumers alike. They include, but are not limited to, the following six items. Ashley Madison, way back in 2014. I've even seen emails saying, come meet your girl on Ashley Madison. Well, they got breached. And of course, the emails don't come from Ashley Madison. The big time Yahoo hack. My SBC global account slash Yahoo is not even being used anymore. I have given it up. I loved to get the Clippers newsletters and some of the other email over there, but it's just not worth it. Let it alone. I haven't gotten any money from it. And how are they going to pay 3 million people for the fact that they, as Yahoo, screwed up. They didn't let us know until recently about that hack, and they had to pay billions. Now Verizon owns Yahoo, and I'm done. The Marriott Hotel hack. Four years in the making, and I'm definitely interested to hear what they have to say about that hack. Steve Gibson and other podcasters, as well as this podcast, have talked about that hack. And when we've gotten news, we've given our comments on it. The Anthem Blue Cross hack. I was a part of that hack. I am saddened to hear that between it and OPM, that's probably got to be the big biggest two that I've been aware of besides the Yahoo hack. The Equifax hack. I'm really interested to hear what these two have to say about that. The long and the short of it is that Equifax basically screwed up. Here, sign up for this. Oh yeah, and to do it, we need all this information. Information that has already been breached. Steve Gibson talked about this particular breach in earlier podcasts of Security Now. The final thing that is mentioned, but it's not inclusive, is the Uber hack. 
I was not part of Uber when that hack took place. I joined in 2016, and I've been taking rides off and on for the last four years. It'll be almost four years. I don't use it every day, but I don't necessarily use it every month either. And I've never had a problem. Some people have, but I've never had a breach problem. There is more to the description, but one thing I do want to urge everyone in this segment of the podcast is that cybersecurity is everyone's business. That's the beginning of the last paragraph before the separator line that ends the comments and book information from that. I have a little more to say underneath that separation line from about to book, but it's all here for you to have. Let's see if we can get this book and let's learn together. I'm going to send an email as well to Braille Institute to see if those people can get a copy of this book for people who are on BARD. I'm sure people would love to get their hands on this, but only if they know it's available. Part of the problem with BARD, although it's not the focus of this podcast, is that while they do have a lot of books, I'm very picky on mine, and yes, I've bookmarked some, but I don't know if I'm ever going to read them all. There's other books I just don't want. While this isn't the goal of the podcast, I think we need to get the Library of Congress to put more books out in regards to cybersecurity because I can't do it alone. Steve Gibson can't, do, can't have this job done alone. It's going to take a lot of education and a lot of books like this one to be out in the public domain for those who cannot afford to buy it, to be able to read it and understand it. Of course, they can come to people that understand it better than they do and ask questions, but we must be open to talk about these types of things, and that's what this podcast is all about. The information that I'm reading from will be available on the show notes and linked to this particular blog post when the podcast is released. I would be curious to find out if people have read Hacked Again, and I'm almost contemplating bringing back my podcast book, podcast, and doing something with it. Maybe not in the same frame of mind, and not necessarily the same order, but definitely maybe not even having a whole bunch of people. Maybe I thought of uh, taking the podcasts that are specifically mine and uh, putting them up as uh, files. And, of course, I would put the book information out as well. I haven't exactly figured that out, but I'm really thinking about bringing back the books podcast. And I'm not going to say anything else about it at this time, except that I'm still contemplating it, and I'm all, and I still need to talk to somebody about it to see if that's something we should do. But for now, I'm going to end this file and get this blog post into my uh, notation set so that we can access it as part of creating the show notes when the podcast is created. In the meantime, we will continue with more of the podcast as I've got something interesting that I've covered in a couple of other articles that I've posted to the blog that I really think we should talk about. That will be coming up as the podcast continues. This is Technology Podcast 324. I am Jared Reimer.
I would like to cover a couple of items on this segment. One isn't quite technology related, but I'm going to make it technology related. There have been two articles as of late that I've seen. And as you've probably noticed, I've been tweeting a lot and posting stuff to LinkedIn. LinkedIn mainly gets all the tech stuff through DLVR. And we'll be making adjustments to Twitter because Twitter seems to be a few days behind. But it also will be tweeting out some stuff. I've also read it, but it'll eventually be put out. I didn't know at the time that DLVR had two sets of things that I needed to set for scheduling. I put the queue and when I looked more closely, LinkedIn is getting more things than Twitter. And so I'm looking into eventually eliminating that. Right now it's not a big deal. I want the others to be able to tweet their stuff first since I do tweet a lot of the content and so it's not a big to do if Twitter gets it later because these places are uh, posting already on Twitter and I want them to have their first say and that brings me to what I want to talk about because while DLVR allows people like me to tweet out some of our favorite content such as Krebs on Security, CyberScoop, and even allow us to post other things on our own that isn't necessarily part of our own you know, automated things. The fact that it can do this is quite cool, but what about children and their safety online? Like I said, I've got two articles here, and I'm going to link to everything in no particular order because all of it's important. I talked about Scott Schober's book, which children could also benefit from as they learn cybersecurity online to keep themselves safe. And of course, I've talked about other books that might be of interest too. But are your kids really being safe on social media? That is a question that is quite interesting. In the article, I talk about Parkway Schools. And this is outside of my jurisdiction, but what they're doing is quite cool. They're teaching parents how to get their kids safe online. And they hosted a workshop on social media. There was a video as well, which I did listen to. So that is cool. This is in Chesterfield, Missouri. And uh, this was some time ago. And I think that we should have more schools doing this. This workshop had already been planned before 
some various social media events. And he feels, this superintendent, that it is important to get involved and teach. So, I honestly feel that this is kind of cool because I don't know if children really understand it. I might have made a mistake here or there in the last five years and I'm an adult. I wanted to DM somebody and I posted it as a tweet instead and I had Twitter and Facebook connected and there was family on it and uh, I did tweet out and said I didn't mean to send it and I can't you know necessarily go in and delete them at the time I did that I didn't have a smart device my computer was down and I did the best I could but in today's world that mistake even though it was minor back then could be a big deal and it leads me to another article in Texas who survived a brain injury he was worked on I believe he's still living he was recovering at home And when I brought this up, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm linking to the direct article instead of the blog post of mine. Because this guy, or I don't want to necessarily call him a guy, but a, a child, was attacked and I got to thinking about what if this happened in cyberspace where instead of physically getting beat up like this child did this, this guy this young guy very young guy what if it happened online and he's like you know what screw this you know, they're doing this, that, and the other to me, and he did this to himself. Because he was so mad that he just decided to take care of the problem, and he caused the brain injury to himself. Not the child beating him up to where it was a brain injury, but him hurting himself because of what somebody said. Three other students attacked this child, who I'm not going to name, in a public bathroom. Now what happens if he was at home and they were attacking him online and he's like, you know what, screw this. So he went into his own bathroom and did something to harm himself because he didn't want to deal with it anymore. And that's the only reason why I brought it up. And I think the two articles go hand in hand. First of all, I'm confident that with the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, otherwise known as COPA, he would have been not able to have social media until he turned 13. So that's never going to be the case. But let's say that one of his friends that he trusted went out and he was old enough to be on social media and saw this. And because he's a good friend, he showed the uh, child what they were saying about him. Like, you know, dude, when you see these guys, 
be careful because this is what they're saying online and you know you got to choose your friends wisely and I only want to let you know and he he appreciates his friend who told him but if he did this to himself because of some online activity maybe it could have even been sent to his own email you know just because let's say I have my own domain doesn't mean that you couldn't set one up for for you know, him and pay for it and give him an email address you pay for the name you put up the content you do all of that as a parent I've thought about how to combine these into this talk which I'm presenting at this point and I got to thinking you know this could happen and I'm not going to go into the full article on what happened suffice it to say that he was found unconscious and rushed to the hospital this again could happen at home him reacting to something online that somebody showed him they did x-rays and suffered a brain injury bullying itself is a crime and I've talked about in the past cyberbullying and in my version of the article I talked and linked to some of the books that I have read and talked about through the podcast and through the years in regards to this yep I was right he was recovering at home and eventually he'll be going back to school and I'm sure he'll be scared to death the school district did release a statement saying how sorry they were and that an investigation is ongoing immediately and they want to know who was involved and I'm sure that they will punish them accordingly now how about teaching them when you find somebody I think it would be a good idea to say hey I don't want to necessarily getting you in trouble but let's talk about this as a teaching tool now if you beat up a child because you are a bully and whatever you have a right to do it except that it's not going to get you anywhere when you get older so there's an opportunity to defend yourself and an opportunity to just beat somebody up just because whether you do it online which is called cyberbullying or whether you do it on the physical schoolyard non-cyberbullying Tomball ISD is aware of an incident of in the bathroom the statement says that student has since been released home and as respect for the family we are not providing any more details on the incident at this time the statement says and when I would pick up the people who did it as these guys released the statement I would tell them hey how would you like it if you got beat up and you had to be rushed to the hospital I don't think you'd like it too much and as a teaching tool while you may get suspension as a child the consequences of doing this in the real world are much more severe one of the books I did link to was a book that I read not necessarily 
for disabilities, although I did read that one, but there was one by the judge, Tom Jacobs, and one of the chapters was on a blind individual who has since been released. Cyberbullying, social engineering, bullying for information, the whole bit. And how would you like that if you found out that these kids did this in some group that he was allowed to be on, on some social media? I would take the article, are your kids being safe on social media even farther? Are your kids being safe? Question mark. Question mark. I don't see why this non-social media topic should be ignored because of the fact that it wasn't social media. I linked to articles including 51 critical cyberbullying stats in 2019. Judge warns students of cyberbullying, May 16, 2014. Bullying in students with disabilities, strategies and techniques to create a safer learning environment. What about if that child was disabled, whether you did it in the classroom or online? I've even posted elsewhere, and I don't—I didn't link to every single thing, but you could search for bullying on the tech blog and get all of these various resources. Even I linked to my own articles page where I talk about some of these things. I really think the discussion should go hand in hand, online and offline. It's the only way it is the only way Let's see. You know, we've got mass shootings going on. We've got all sorts of stuff. Uh... It, it's it's awful. The one that I really want to give you a hone on is a 2017 article I penned from Vocal. And that's why I linked to it because there's other articles that might pique your interest too. Bullying. Is this just a disability problem? From Longevity. And this is covering all aspects. I linked to various books there. And I think these types of articles can go hand in hand. What if this was the case? I would love to hear your thoughts on these articles. We can't have this discussion alone. 
we can't leave our children out there saying okay I got lucky it didn't happen to me online it happened at school and I was able to get treated but what if two articles similar situation let's teach these kids if you beat somebody up physically then you're going to do this online and this isn't going to be a good thing because the consequences are going to be awful for you you're not going to be able to live the life you want there's going to be consequences in big time i thought about this talk and while it's been a little disoriented the last several minutes i still feel that it's worth publishing Because you never know what could happen several years from now with this child. It is also becoming a problem in the sports world too, where one sports player is taunting others and causing problems on social media because he got let go from one team, he was signed by another and he's also facing legal issues too so he's taking it out on everybody it can all be tied together your thoughts on these things are welcome This is going to complete the show, everybody. We got a lot of great content covering a wide variety of topics, and this is a good stopping point. Email and iMessage tech, that's T E C H at M E N V I dot O R G. Text message or WhatsApp message or call 804 442 if you're on Livewire, there are several different places to listen to this and any other programs on my show at Box 2276 or the podcast board at Board 974. And you can always leave a message or bring up any topics to the technology board. My tech board is Board 295. And, of course, if you have RSS, you can go to technology.jaredreimer.net slash audio to subscribe. It will bring you to the proper URL, and you can put that in your podcatcher client, and you can feel free to go ahead and subscribe. If you're listening by telephone, but yet you want to get it automatically delivered to your device. So I hope that you've enjoyed the program. And be sure to come back on another edition of the program where we continue to talk to people and understand our assignment. I'm still working on 15, and yet I think... I have an understanding of what's happening. In the next edition of the podcast, I'll talk about my conversation with the instructor and what they're expecting. Although, from what I can tell you, there are other people I have consoled. And technically, I'm not wrong. But there are instructors who want it a certain way. And understanding that is going to be key. That's what's happening now.
In any case, I hope that each and every one of you stays safe as the seasons are changing. And as the seasons change, the threats will continue to evolve. And we'll be here to post and talk about what catches our attention. And of course, coming up on another edition of the podcast, we'll talk about my thoughts on what the internet took by storm for days. The latest significant breach in Los Angeles-based company entitled DoorDash. I've collected my thoughts, but they weren't scheduled for this podcast. They will be available next podcast. And a whole lot more as the tech podcast continues along. Till then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.